0: Praise the Lord for folks who give their times and their talents and their willingness to serve God. The local church is made up of people who have gone to God and said, I'm going to give you whatever you would like of my life. What makes a local church function and survive and do well? What is our mission? Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The local church is not primarily a social club. It has social benefits, I'll tell you that. Uh, you, get, you get involved and become a member and an active member of an independent fundamental Bible-driven church, they'll help you when you have a time of need. Uh, when your tree falls over on your house, they'll come get it off. Your plumbing leaks, they'll help you make it happen. They're, uh, when your, electric, when your uh, other stuff happens, it could be okay. They're, they're going to be there for you. Because they're a group of people that love Jesus and have given themselves to God. Today I want to talk to you about, about that some, about really Jesus' words in Mark chapter 4 and verse 23 through 25, Mark chapter 4, verses 23 and 25. The title of this is the do less, do less, and the do more, do more. It's about a principle of scripture brought out in Mark chapter four, and let's begin in verse twenty-three. Now, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall not it shall be meted or measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. So he's talking about two groups of people. Those who physically hear but don't act upon what they hear, those are the ones who don't hear. And those who physically hear and act upon what they hear, those are the ones who do hear. For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not From him shall be taken even that which he hath. What? The do less, do less. And the do more, do more. Go to Matthew chapter if you want to. This is not our text verse, but it's a side text. Matthew chapter 25. For you that are able to turn quickly. Let me give you a piece of advice. If it's hard for you to run through the Bible, and by the time you reach the passage, the guy's already past sitting on to something else, you're missing something. And so it's best for you not to turn in your Bibles. It's best for you just to listen, sit back, relax, and listen to what's being said. It's a whole lot better for you, I think, than trying to shuffle through your book and missing it. Now, if you're fast enough, if you're good enough, and if you have an electronic Bible, you, you're quick. You can, you can go to the passages and, and you know... That's no problem, but I just recommend to you, don't spend your time doing the logistics and miss out on what's being said. It's important what's being said. Thou, in verse 27 of Matthew, again, Jesus' words, Thou oughtest therefore to have put thy money to the exchangers, and then at, thy, at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. What he's talking about is the talents, the parable of the talents. He took three guys. He gave one of them five talents. He said, go do something with it. Gave one of them two talents. He said, go do something with that. And he gave one guy one talent. And he said, go do something with that. Parable of talents. And like I told you he gave one five, one two, and one one. He said, go take these talents and go do something with them for me. And the one, the one guy with five, he did five. and He brought back five more. He said, I got 10 talents. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Now, Jesus is telling us not just to fill time up. He's talking about what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And the guy with two talents went out and he came back at judgment day. By the way, every one of you hearing my voice are going to have a judgment day. You, you will not escape it. And the two came back, said, I've, I've gained two more with the two you gave me. I got four. He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Basically, it doesn't matter other than you just did something for God with what he gave you. You didn't hide your light under a basket. The guy with one comes and he says, well, uh, you know, I'm a f- I am love the phrase he says in verse 20, uh, I think it was 25 there, uh, I was afraid. I'm going to tell you, I preach on this in a lot of different directions, a lot of different ways. Fear will rob you of what God wants for you. Let me tell you, when this whole life's over, fear, you're going to look back and say, fear was my enemy. Fear is your enemy. Now, fear can be good. If if there's a diamondback rattlesnake at the feet of Mike tomorrow here, it'd probably be a good idea to move. But uh, folks, most of our fears are just ghosts, Most of our, they say 95% of your fear never happens. Now, that's the world. 95% of your fear never happens. And yet, I see people being controlled by fear. Being, uh, God will come by, and the Holy Spirit will come by and say, I want you to teach science. And they'll go, oh, you know, I'm not good at teaching. I'm not good at remembering. I'm not good at reading. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not good. I'm not good. God never asked you whether you were good. He's good. Listen, we serve a God of power. He comes to you and says to do something. Trust me, where God guides, God provides. He's going to empower you to do whatever he moves on you to do. Now let me tell you this, 99% of the time it's going to be something you don't want to do. He that hath ears to hear. Let him hear. And he goes on, so let me get, that's your background. And he says in verse 28, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which had ten talents. Now, this is in front of the whole host of heaven. This is judgment day. The guy with the one talent comes before God. I was afraid. I took what you gave me and I hid it, basically. did nothing with it. And Jesus, which is the judge of all the earth, the one who gave himself for you, the one who went through all the fear, Jesus had to walk through all the fear of the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what was coming, and he walked through that fear, just like you got to walk through it. And so he says to the angels, Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto the one that had 10 talents. And for unto you that has shall be given. This is the principle. And he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. The do less, do less. And the do more, do more. And cast the unprofitable sermon in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Through the years I've noticed this phenomenon. As a pastor of a local church, I've noticed an oxymoron. Uh, I've noticed things that are uh, this bizarre, curious, different, odd, atypical, far out, mystifying, uncanny, peculiar thing happen over and over again. It is demonstrated in nature around us. People will say hey, I may have ever heard the statement a busy person gets things done. A couch potato has no time to get anything done. You've probably experienced asking a person that's got all kinds of time to do something, and they say, I don't have time for that. Now, they do have time for that. But what are they saying to you? I don't wanna. Now, I'm not, I'm gonna not, try not to offend all you retired people. but whether you like it or not, you're a lot less busy than all of us that have a 40, 50-hour job. I mean, I just, I just want you to shake your head. I don't care. Oh, but you don't know how much I golf. I don't have any sympathy. And so it would be natural for me as a pastor to go to people who I knew didn't have full-time jobs, you know, not 50-hour-a-week, 60 hour a week jobs, and ask them to help. But it's amazing to me Often I go to people, they say no. I go to people that have 50, 60 hour jobs, got all kinds of other things to manage, and ask them to do stuff, and they'll say, okay, we'll fit it in. The do less, do less. And the do more, do more. It's the truth. It's the truth. We hear, if you want something done, Give it to a busy person. I mean, you've heard that. You've heard that since you've been small. The more you do, the more you want to do. That's the phenomenon I'm talking about. It's biblical. Let's look. Let's do an exposition of uh, verses uh, 23 to 25 of Mark chapter 4. You want to go back to that. The first verse, verse 23, he that ears to hear, let him hear. It's hard to accept new truth about yourself and affect real change. And everybody said, you know, I always felt that I would do well in a black church. I really always, my heart's desire was I could pastor a black church, an all-black church. Because I love the way they feed back to their preacher. That's it, my brother. Preach it on there. I love the way those people feed back. I tell you, I went to Haiti and preached to all black crowd. I thought, man, I, I came home. hey <laughs> the Bible says in verse 23 if a man have ears let him hear but we're blind to our faults there is actually a built-in tendency to resist any challenge along the lines that we may not that we may need to change I mean real change how do I know that? Well, Proverbs 14, 12 says, for there's a way that seemeth right unto the man, the end thereof over the ways of death. I mean, I have to say that you and I see things through a rose-colored glass when it comes to ourselves, you know? When my wife comes and tells me something that's not quite right about me, I immediately feel my hair stand up in the back of my neck. That's why I keep it short. And if I, if I go to her and I say something to her that I feel she needs to change, I. I and now, I know my wife's a spiritual woman, but not all the time. And, and sometimes she'll bow up on me. It happened last night. You want to hear about it? Aren't you glad you came? Kathy wanted to go meet Bob Rose at the airport. Bob Rose, if you don't know, Bob Rose was flown up by the government, flown up to the World War II monument. They honored him for being in World War II and flew him back the same day. And he was supposed to be in the airport at 9 o'clock, but I know airlines. There's no 9 o'clock. I said to her, he will not be there till 10, 11 o'clock because nothing's on time with them people. And she says, I want to go. I said, you are not going. I said, get it real good, you're not going. We're staying home, because I got preaching tomorrow, I have a big day, and I don't want to go to bed late. You know, I'm going to bed at 9 o'clock lately, I don't know what's happening to me. Of course, I'll call you at 4, but, you know, I could just feel, for some reason, I felt tension. I just felt tension. I don't know why. She's a good woman. She's exactly what I want to do, what I wanted to do, right? Amen. But I can just tell you, she felt going to see Bob was the right thing to do. But really the right thing to do was listening to what her husband had to say and doing what he said and all the men said. We got our little small moment of glory. It's it's not long, but we get a little small moment of glory here at the gospel. It may be cold this afternoon. But it's hard to change, folks. It's hard to admit we need change. But what is Jesus saying? You got ears to hear. I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear, but you need to hear it. And he knew, because he was God, that there's a group of people that were going to listen to him and, and enact, and, and what's the hardest thing about change? Admit you need to. You have to first admit you need it before you're going to do it. And brother, in my life, it's been hard to overcome my personal bias of how wonderful I am and tell God, I'm not so wonderful and I need some help in this area, And I need need you to help me. Brother Moon this morning in bus meeting was a wonderful devotion. He got up there and humbled himself and said he needed to change in some areas. And, of course, all of us were sitting there going, amen, me too, amen, me too. When God speaks to you, will you have ears to hear? I don't mean recognizing the voice and saying, okay, that's God. I'm talking, God, I'll do what you ask me to do. You know the Bible. When you read through the Bible, that's God talking to you. And when he's talking to you, brother, he, he gets right down to the level of where we live. And he says, I want you to change this. He's asked me to change. I have changed probably hundreds of things in my life and, and want to continue to change into his image over and over again. But boy, I'll tell you, sometimes it's tough. The first point is you got to listen to the voice of God and you got to be willing to actually submit yourself to him so that you can change. The second thing is the principle of giving and reward in verse 24. Take heed what you hear. With that with with what you measure you measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. In other words, basically you determine the scale of your own reward or your own lack of reward when you get to heaven. Each of us determines our blessing or our loss in heaven. God doesn't determine it. We determine it. He sets the principle. He tells you what to do. And then just like the guy with five talents, the guy with, with two talents, uh, they did what was right. But what about that guy with one talent? That guy with one talent had every opportunity to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant entered, but he didn't. In fact, what he had was taken away from him. In verse 38 of Luke chapter 6, maybe the most famous place, at the end of that verse it says, Jesus said, for with the same measure that ye meet, with all that shall be measured to you again. So basically we define our own scale. Wow. The more you give to God, the more God gives back to you so you can give. The less you give to God, the less God gives back so that you end up with nothing to give. The principle works here. Busy people are given more jobs to do. What happens? They get busier, and the more jobs they get, they get more organized. And so each step of the way, they get more jobs, they get more organized, they do more jobs, and more people ask them to do things because they know if you want something done, you ask a busy person because a busy person's already determined to work, and they've already determined they can organize themselves and do far more than they imagine to do. The couch potato, they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to. Well, you know, I'd have to actually miss my nap to do that. Does that sound right to you? I mean, let me give you a little, I'm going to give you a bump here. Die busy. End well. Die busy. End well. The less you give, the less you receive. You set your own deal. You set your own deal. I it's been these are some truisms I've heard in life. Be hard on yourself so that others don't have to be hard on you. How do you like that? Now you know our tendencies be easy on ourselves. That tendencies is to pamper ourselves. Pretty soon we get this comfort zone that we've set up to protect ourselves. And we set this thing up and we got this zone and we walk around, and somebody comes in and wants to invade that zone, and you go, whoop. There's resistance immediately. You can't get there now. That's sacred. And the busy person, the one who's given himself to God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. He don't have that zone. She don't have that zone. You come ask that busy person, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, at the office we discuss this on a regular basis because we got a lot of things to be done. Big wedding like this, we went around and said, okay, who could be in charge of this? And we we don't look at each other and go, okay, that asked that per- well, that our person's already got three jobs. Yeah, but they can do a fourth. I've heard this. Discipline is weighed in ounces, but regret is weighed in pounds. That guy that got that 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 got that talent from Jesus, imagine what he thought when he stood at his, his you're going to have a judgment day. You're going to get a day in court. And you're going to be standing before the creator of all that is that knows the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there's going to be no con game. It's going to be the real deal. And he's going to, as a born-again Christian, he's going to ask you what you did with what he gave you. Now, obviously, some people got five talents, right? Some got two, and let's say some have, like me, I only have just one talent. and You just got to do the best you can with what you got. But it seems like the reward's are the same. The guy who had five, he doubled his. The guy who had two doubled his. And the guy who had one was supposed to double his. And he didn't. And imagine, imagine what that old boy is going to feel like when he stands before God. Whoa, my, oh, my, it's going to be bad. Because in that day, and that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse about 13 through 15, In that day that you and I stand before Jesus, all of the things that we have obeyed God in will be put in a pile. I do not even remember them all, and you don't either. You know what's beautiful about living for Jesus? You don't have to be a good accountant. He's taking care of all that. And all those things that came by me that I did not obey God, that I said no, that I resisted, that I got my comfort zone. And all those are going to be piled. In other words, my whole life is going to be represented by a pile. A pile. And then as I stand back there and, and the whole host of heaven look onto this saying, you can read it yourself, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, the fire of God's purity or his judgment is going to come down upon that pile. And there's going to, if there's whatever's left after God judges that, there's going to be there. And that's going to be my reward in heaven. The Bible says that every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it, for it shall be revealed by fire. That fire shall try every man's work of what sort or quality it is. If, if a man's work abide, he shall receive reward. If a man's work be burned, he shall suffer loss. Folks, this is serious stuff. You know what? you I'm I'm just trying to encourage you so that someday you can stand before Jesus Christ and be happy about it. And not dread the coming of Christ, not dread that day, but look forward to that day. Look forward to the day you can stand before God. Because you, in, in honesty of heart, have tried to obey him. In verse 25, he says, For he that hath, to him shall be given. He that hath not, to him shall be taken away even that which he hath. That's an astounding statement. On this side of the principle, not too many people talk about this. To so They that have will receive more, and they that do not have, even that which they have will be taken away. Wow. What about you? Where will you be? Where will you be that day? Will you be in front of Jesus, and he'll say, you know, I told I, I came by and I asked you to get in the bus ministry, but you said no. I asked you to teach Sunday school class, you said no. I asked you to go door to door, help the people be saved, you said no. I asked you to go to your neighbors, invite them to church or invite them, and you said no. I asked you to read your book. By the way, the book, I preserved it for you. I had people die, burn at the stake for it. You had them everywhere. You had them in, you had them on your on your uh, uh, coffee table, you had them. You had them in your car. You had them on your phone, but you didn't read it. I Had all kinds of great things to talk to you about, to help you out in life, to warn you. Because this 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 thing called the Bible is my survival book. But you, but you didn't really have the time. Or is that going to sound hollow? Boy, is that going to sound hollow. I did not have the time. You know, I've had people uh, say to me, and and this is probably why I'm not going to be called sweet at my funeral. Um, They've they've come to me and said, preacher, I just don't have the time. And I'll say, sleep less. I I, I need an hour to do that. I'm already busy. I said, sleep one hour less. Get it done. Basically, no sympathy. Why? Because you're too easy on yourself. If there was a big football game you wanted to go to, you'd get up real early, drive all all kinds of hours, go to the football game, drive all back night, uh, do a 24-hour no sleep thing. Let me say, if you wanted to do something, whether it be hunting, or whether it be fishing, or whether it be going lobstering, or whether it be doing something for yourself, you'll do without sleep. You'll do without rest. You'll spend all kinds of money. You'll make it happen. Yes or no? You know if you want to do it, you'll do it. When God comes by and asks you to do something, you, well, I'm a little short on dough. Borrow it. From your wife. She's got all the money. She's probably been embezzling from you for years. Got a clear conscience because you... Two shall become one flesh. I tell you, you can choose to ignore me, and some of you are. You can choose to dismiss me, and some of you probably are. You can choose to reason around this, and some of you probably are doing it. All I can tell you is I think God'll somehow bring back in your mind you were this close. You missed it. When that day of judgment, you born again believers stand before Jesus and all your work, you're gonna wish you had listened to that old red faced Baptist preacher up there and not brought a bunch of excuses up and not did this. You're gonna wish that you had. In fact, you're gonna wish that you exceeded what I said this morning. You're gonna wish that you'd taken uh, Mark chapter four and you had put that uh, piece of that thing up on your car dash. Or pasted that up on your, your mirror at your, at your bathroom and that you had read through that and read through that and read through that. And every time that God came by and asked you to do something for him, you said, I will do it. I don't have to get a warm feeling. I don't have to have an angel come to the end of my bed and tell me, do this. Let me say, if you're waiting on that, you're going to wait a long time. Because if I read the book, right, only very, very, very few people saw God or an angel. How does God work? He works through pre- people. He, how do I know that? I'm going to tell you biblically. You say, preacher, oh, God hasn't come told me. I'm telling you. You say, well, you're a man. Well, here's what God said. I sent my servants to you, rising early and sending. Who was he talking about to the children of Israel? He was saying, I'm sending men, my men to you, to warn you, to tell you, to encourage you. I sent them, telling them to get up early and go and tell. And brother, God is through the voice of his prophets through the voice of his people have been talking to each other and encouraging each other to do right. And people's ears got deaf and they got hard of hearing. And someday they stand before God and have regrets that weigh, are weighed by pounds. When the discipline that we're required to do the will of God would have just been weighed in ounces. You know what I find? On door-to-door, I'll give you an example. I never, almost never do I get up on, on uh, Saturday morning and want to go door-to-door. I, I just, I'm that carnal. Everybody say? No. <laughs> I'm carnal, brother. My feet are clay like yours. I wish I could tell you I was super sanctimonious. I wish I could tell you on Saturday morning, i just get up and go, Kathy, we get to go door to door today. Ah. Like I would when I knew I was getting getting up to go lobstering. Get to go catch lobsters today. But I don't. I get up and go, whew. Man, I got a lot of chores around the house. I got a lot of things to do. You know, that tree, I still got an old tree that's big around laying down. These all be cut up all the way. And I got the th- things to repair. And I got some mildew I need to spray bleach on. <laughs> this is living in Florida. And I just got things to do. And man, this calling. Hmm. Then I go, Man, are you crazy, Bill? You get to do this. Yeah, I can walk. I'll tell you what God did for me. He gave me gout one time. He gave me gout for a number of years. And a few times a gout, Brother Irvine was on Saturday morning calling. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. And I, want, I wanted to go calling if I could have just walked. I remember a member here at the church had a, a, a hip that went bad, a hip where the joint is went bad, and he was in excruciating pain. Every time he moved, he, he, he went like this. You're going to know who this is after I give you a little demo here. And he showed up door to door every time we had it, and every time. Now, we walk about two, three miles door to door. And I said, does that hurt? Is why you're doing this? He said, this is like a... Knife sticking me in the hip, and every I'd see him going down the road like this. Eventually, I had the hip replaced, and he walked like this. But his his pocketbook was thinner. But and I said to him, Wow, I need to see you here because man, I got nothing to complain about, amen. Nothing, I'm here. I slack myself and say, Lord, forgive me for even thinking I don't want to go. I want to go. And then when I go, I come home. And you know what God does for me? And I'm going to tell you, I'm old enough to tell you for sure this is true. He somehow makes things go better. I get things done faster. I accomplish more in less time. It's a phenomenon. It's a miracle. I'm telling you, a miracle. A miracle. Things just fall into place, they happen, boom, boom, boom. Or somebody calls up and says, can I do that for you? That don't happen. But I was dreaming. (laughs) Yeah, it does. does. People come over. But folks, man, I hope you hear this passage today. Three verses. I hope you get it. You know, choose to do the will of God. You know why I'm going to end with this? And I am ending right at 12 o'clock. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Why don't you, why don't you just, if you got an electronic Bible, you're probably already there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Paul, he was one of those boys that listened when God talked. Paul was not that more exceptional than anybody else. He was just willing to do what God said to do. That's all Paul was. Paul was just a willing ear. If God said do something, Paul said, I'll do it. It's dangerous. I'll do it. Now, he came to Corinth. When God sent him to go to Corinth, he said, I, I don't want to stay in Corinth because they're going to kill me here. They're going to flat out kill me. And God and, and, and he he meant it. He meant it. He was no fool. He didn't want to he wanted he didn't want to die for Jesus. He wanted to live for Jesus. And they were going to kill him in Corinth. And God that came to him, Jesus came to him and said, No, you stay here, because I got a lot of people here. Now, that was a wonderful thing that Jesus would come to him and bump him and give him some assurance. He stayed there a year and a half. Many people got saved in Corinth. And sometimes if you need that, God will make that happen for you. He'll come by with an assurance. But, brother, Paul was really willing to do the will of God. And here's what he said. In verse 6 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy, he said, I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Dr. Crabb had told him he only had a few days left. You're going to lose your head. I have fought a good fight. Whoa. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Well, what's that mean? Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day and not to me only. And don't you like these few next few words, but unto all, that's you. Put your name there. What is your name there? But unto all them, also, that love his appearing. See, if you've obeyed the voice of God, you're looking for him to come back. You're 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 looking way excited about him coming back. And the Bible says, when you stand before. Stand before him and your five, your five talents go to ten or your two go to two or your one goes to one. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. And you'll be glad you inconvenienced yourself for him. You'll be glad you spent money for him. You'll be glad you didn't get tight on God. You'll be glad you time, talents, and treasure. You opened yourself up and said, all of us, yours anyway, here it is. Wow. Father, help us today. Help us to see it. I understand in some measure the deep resistance that we have. The devil himself is scared this morning. He's scared this morning. The principalities and powers, the demons in this room are scared this morning that some of you folks are going to grab a hold of this. And we're going to have too many volunteers for the bus ministry to fit them in. We're going to have too many people show up door to door. We're going to have too many people that want to teach Sunday school class, that we're going to have to rotate it. We're going to have too many people that want to just do the will of God and have come forward. And we have too many people that want to go to the mission field, or too many people that want to go to full-time Christian service that you're calling them, or too many people that want to go to Christian college. Too many! Too many! That's why he's fighting you so hard. Why do you think you're getting? Why do you think you got the confusion? Confusion's of the devil. What do you think you're being fought so hard? What do you think is? Because every moment goes by, a soul drops in hell that needs to hear the gospel. And he hasn't chosen angels to preach a gospel. He hasn't chosen to preach it from, from heaven. He will someday in the tribulation, but he's not going to do it till then. He's chosen you and me to preach the gospel. We're the ones responsible to repeat it and to preach it. And he needs you. He needs you. As he talks to you, would you have an ear to hear this morning? Would you say yes? I'm not doing this so that you you're publicly. I'm just doing this between you and God. Would you just say yes to Jesus this morning? Whatever you call me to do, I'll do. Whatever you move, me to do. whatever. Hey, maybe even listen to Preacher Bell. Because you send your prophets rising early, sending. And he held the children of Israel responsible for the things they did not do and the things they did do by the fact that he had sent prophets to them, men who told them the right thing to do. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.